Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring The Lauren Goodwin Show. Alrighty, hey guys, welcome in. You're now tuned into The Lauren Goodwin Show. What's up, Amanda? Hi, Lauren, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, on the move once again. <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be home. <laughs> <laughs> I know, usually... Actually, no, I'm on the road all the time, but I thought I was going to be home. Just I'm out here training in a different state. Once again, just got to get it where I can during quarantine. Yep. Yep. Have you been watching these NBA games? I actually have surprisingly. I mean, usually playoffs is my favorite time of the season, but with everything going on and going back to school, I thought I wouldn't have enough time, but I've actually watched some of the games. I saw the heat sweep, which made me really happy. I know Houston's in trouble right now. The series is tied up. Pretty pretty crazy stuff going on. That is crazy. It was even more crazy because we were like up, you know, we were up by like 15 last night and we ended up like they came back and started beating us. So that's really sad, but I think we're going to win the series, so fingers crossed. Obviously, I'm a Houston fan, <laughs> but um, yeah, today's episode, we can jump into that, is not the most exciting or happy topic, but it's something that everybody deals with at some point in their life, and whether they deal with it the right way or not is up to them, but I'm just here with Amanda to talk to you all about how to deal with a loss. First, just in like sports and losses in that way, like something that's not in real life, you know, because even that becomes hard whenever that's all, you know, you're super competitive and you take a loss. You don't know how to deal with it the right way. As a kid, I was that person. I did not know how to deal with it the right way. (laughs) So I will give you a story about that. And then later on, talk to you guys about um, Amanda's story that she has. And then about taking a real loss because I've lost somebody super close to me recently. And I've been struggling to figure out a way to bounce back from that. So very interesting topic, but not the, you know, the happiest, but it's something we need to say. So I have personally taken many uh, losses in my lifetime. My motto used to be, you know, the I only win or learn, I never lose. But in my grown age of 26, I've learned that that's bull. Everyone loses. It's realistic to know that. And I honestly don't know what I was thinking back then. Like I was super delusional Case in point, let's take it back 22 years ago when I took my first loss. Well, that I can remember anyway. I was like four years old. <laughs> I'm 26 now. So um, I've been competing since I was a baby. Obviously, I don't remember that. My parents told me about it and I have trophies to prove it. I literally was in a baby crawling contest. No way. Like, that's how I know. Like, that's <laughs> how long I've been competing. Like, that's not even real. I saw the trophy. And I was like, is this, a, is this a joke? Like, did y'all go buy this at one of those stores for like... What is that thing they give people on Christmas? Like they give you like a gag gift or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this a gag gift that somebody gave you guys? Like, how do we have? And they're like, no, seriously. Like you were in this competition and you won. Like I won the baby crawling contest. Like that's how serious I guess my parents took it. It's really crazy. It's, I, they're not crazy people, but um, super competitive. And I guess it was exciting to watch. <laughs> I'm not sure. But there's that. But the first loss that I actually remember, I was four years old. That's the furthest back I can, I can actually go in my memory. And I was at a track meet. I'm, I may have mentioned this story in one of my previous um, podcasts, but I'm going to go into detail today. I was waiting for the baton in my first track meet. And the girl on my relay team was picking flowers 
I kid you not, picking flowers during the relay race, okay? So if you don't know what a relay is, oh my. you get, I know, you get the baton and you run around the track one time. So I think I was fourth leg at this point. Somebody runs around and they give me, they give you the baton and you keep doing that. So it is my turn. I'm last and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and she's picking flowers, you know, in the grass and not coming to bring me the baton. So I see that, that, you know, other people were obviously finishing first. I was furious as a kid, furious, like big mad. And, and, and this kept happening. Like we kept going to these relays and I would be so locked in, like ready to run. And every time we would lose. So at that very young age, I figured it was time to make a change. Like I made an executive decision. I went and talked to my mom. She refreshed my memory about this whole story because I don't remember every single detail. That was such a long time ago, but I do remember it. And um, when I talked to her, I was furious. Like I was not the best loss taker at that age. Like I was furious, crying, bawling. You know, I hated the feeling of losing. And I started to notice that at the very end, they don't make it any easier because at the end they give the winners like blue ribbons and you stand on top of the podium and the losers just watch and clap and you get like this, I'm like green or something ribbon. You get one just for like a, for, for participation. And then you just watch as the winners get, get out all the blue ribbons. And I started to associate blue with winning and any other color. I didn't even care if we got red because I knew red just meant that you were the first person to lose. <laughs> you get to stand on the podium, but not as high. And you're not like the number one winner. So, and we didn't even get that. Like we got like the participation. So I was so mad. I was like, mom, we've got to figure something out. Like I can't keep losing like this. Like I felt like I was pretty fast at that time. And uh, she was actually sick of it, too. They had me in baby crawling contests, for God's sake. So they, of, of course, they're sitting there watching that and watching us just lose because people are, like, not caring. And so she went and talked to the coach and said, okay, we've got to adjust the relay team so that people who care can be on the relay with other people who care. And people who want to pick flowers can be on relays with, with other people who want to pick flowers. Because it was like we were all on the same, like, track company at that time. And they would just split us up and put four people on four people, like not even think about it, like who's on which team. And so I, it was just like, I was super competitive and then just somebody who wasn't. And so they ended up changing it all in all, they ended up changing it. And I was on a relay with other people who were super serious about it. And then we all end up going to a different like track organization and being like on a super competitive AAU traveling kind of thing. But um, yeah, I made an executive decision and figured it out. So I made a solution. That's the point of this. I wasn't old enough at, at the time to understand everything, but I knew that that was like my first taste of victory. We started to win blue, blue ribbons and I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> From then on, I was like, I'm so competitive. I love this. Like, I love the adrenaline rush. I, I, I didn't so much love track, but I did love the fact that if you work really hard, you can win at things and then you get rewarded. So it was that kind of thing. And the point, going back to the point, as I experienced loss at a very young age, I figured out a solution. And that's what the basis we need to do just in general today is if we're sick of our situation, stop complaining about it. Stop trying to figure out ways around it. Stop looking for excuses. If you're taking a loss and you don't enjoy it, then make a solution. If you don't like your job, then stop complaining about it. Like if you can't, if you've gone out and you've done everything you can to get, to get another job and 
you can't, that's something totally different. So complaining because you were literally stuck in that situation. I can a little bit understand that, but it's not something you can control. So it's not something you should completely focus on. But it took me a long time, let me tell you, to get over that point of like dealing with loss in the wrong way. And this is just in a competitive kind of sports realm is what I'm talking about. Not so much um, losses and losing people and things like that. I'll talk about that later. But right after you take a loss, like the next step after that is the most important. So Amanda, like how do you bounce back from losses in like a competitive environment? Especially when sometimes it's not even supposed to be super competitive, right? Like we're playing like, we're like bowling or something and you're like mad that you lost, you know, if, you, if you're a competitive person and you kind of have to play it off, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, but that's just- definitely, that's the Aries in me is that I can get really competitive sometimes. We're <laughs> growing up, Mario Kart used to really get my brother and I into some pretty intense arguments. But to be honest, I experienced, I think my first big loss in second grade. We used to do these spelling bees and <laughs> I was the spelling bee champion. In first grade, I won the English and Spanish spelling bee. And at a young, like, that's a pretty young age to be conquering these feats. But I went in really confident for second grade. I studied, and there was this one girl. Her and I had gone head-to-head the year before, and it was the same thing this year. And it's just, I get to the second grade spelling bee, and this is the last year you could really compete in the spelling bee. So I really, really wanted to win. And it comes down to the last round, and my word was balloon. And it's crazy because they tell you, you never, I'm actually sorry to interrupt, but that's hilarious that you remember the word. Okay. Keep going. (laughs) That's the point I was going to get to is they tell you when you get to this point, you never forget the word that you misspell at a spelling bee to lose. And that's exactly what happened to me. It was balloon. And I was so confident in my spelling and I missed an L because I was so happy. And I was like, I finally clinched this. Like I got this. This is so easy. And when I realized I had just lost, I'm on a stage in front of my parents, in front of basically the entire school. And it was like, I really just lost because I missed an L. And like, it's it's crazy because I took took the L, but I missed an L (laughs) in spelling balloon. And I remember for being so young, I surprisingly took it so well. I did cry, of course, but I cried with a smile on my face. I gave my, my... my friend, because at the end of the day, she was my friend. I gave her a huge hug. I congratulated her. She got that first place trophy. I got the third place trophy. And even though it hurt me, I still went. I hugged my parents. I thanked them for going. But that's one thing that's always surprised me is that even throughout losses and taking loss at a young age, in this situation, in a competitive way, even though it bothers me and it hurts me, I don't let it really bring down my mood 100%. I let it motivate me and I help I allow it to help me learn from this experience and grow from this experience. Well, guys, you've heard it here first. Amanda is super good at handling loss and like bouncing back from that in a competitive environment. I am not so much that way. Literally to this day, I'm still working on it. I don't, I don't act like how I used to as a kid. I would like ball and I wouldn't even want to take the ribbon and like be so dramatic. And of course, my parents, they instilled in me. That's what I don't understand. I'd be like, you guys instilled in us to be competitive to like the 10th power we get out here and if we lose then even my brothers I remember going to my brother's football game if they would lose they would be so mad like take off their helmet and just be bawling and like try not to show anybody they're crying and so it, it was like that young stage where you can't really control it you can't figure out like how to still be competitive and then deal with if things don't go your way 
Yeah, so you still deal with the emotions either way because it's in the moment and it's probably something you might have not expected because you prepared so hard for that moment. But it's all about how you act in front of people. So don't get me wrong. My brother and I will be extremely competitive. Even a game of Uno can get us to fight and yell and just go at it with each other. But at the end of the day, we still understand that there's a winner and we take, we handle those losses well, even though he'll accuse me of cheating, but I'm just so good at Uno. (laughs) It's like, it's, everybody tries to beat me. I'm just so good. (laughs) But you just, it's, it's a matter of understanding. I, I lost, I lost in this moment and understanding how to behave with other people. Cause if you become aggressive and if you become like really angry at an older age where you're expected to sort of understand how to take loss, that's an immature part of you. Because one thing is when you're six, seven, eight years old and you, you know, you lose that, that track race, it's expected for a kid to get upset about it. But for right. a 28 year old to get mad and start throwing themselves on the floor and. Oh yeah, that's dramatic. That's really dramatic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think I've seen, I feel like I've even seen some of our favorite players on like NFL teams, things like that, like experience a loss. Like Ronda Rousey, I would say, after her loss, she completely like shut down her entire life. And so it happens to the best of us. We've all been in a situation where we wish we could have handled things differently. But I think the main thing to focus on is like, like I said, the first thing that you do is like the best thing. So you've just got to like come into yourself and understand and know where you're at, who you're around and like what lasting impression you want to leave on people. Because if you're not ever going to be around these people again, and the last thing they saw is, oh, she, you know, lost and then look how she's acting like that's who she is, you know? And so even if that's only a a small part of who you are, that's what people started to associate with you. And so you've got to learn how to separate that. And if you're going to still be upset, you can do that, but go do that in your room and be on your own. Um, But now I want to, I want to talk about like a really important topic, Amanda, and it's the loss in life, like losing people. This is also really really hard for me um it's hard for me to lose people like if I was really close to someone uh, maybe in a relationship or friends that's really hard for me because once you're in my circle it's like for me it seems like it's like locked in for sure and I'm sure that's how you are too but after it gets to that point and then you realize that's not what it's going to be anymore that's like the hardest part is to let go um so working on that in my life but then the ultimate is when you lose somebody and they can never come back, like when somebody passes. And most recently, a week ago, my grandma passed away. She got COVID-19 and her blood levels started to um, change and she lost like 60 pounds. And basically, you know, it was very apparent that she wasn't going to make it. And for a long time, you know, once you get older, things aren't always great. So I'm sure she wasn't just completely happy with where she was um, and how she felt. So I think she's in a, obviously she's in a better place now and she's at peace. And all of her kids, like my dad, everybody got to see her before, right before. It was like she was holding on to the very last second so she could see all of her kids. Um, Well, my uncle actually passed before, but everybody who's still alive was able to see her and be around her. So that was really, like, that made me really happy to know that. But to know that she's gone, it's been really hard for me to to deal with it and figure out a way to channel it because um, 
you know, I can see that it upsets people around me and people that I really care about. And when you can't do anything about it, that's like the hardest part. And then, um, you know, when it happened, you start to figure out who your real friends are in these type of situations. Because you see, if you've talked about it, you post about it, you know, on Instagram, say you're posting about something else like how you're going to make money or something exciting, then people always comment. They're like, oh, you look good in this post. I love your outfit, things like that. But whenever you're experiencing loss in another way, like when it comes to family, you start to see who really cares about you because who reached out, you know, like three people, honestly, and I'm not faulting people for this because everybody has their own lives and things going on, but that's something serious. You know, my grandma, she passed from, from COVID and I started to look around and see, you know, who's actually even reaching out to see if I'm okay. If, if my family's okay, for sure. Like my dad, you know, that's his mom. And that's, you know, that's somebody super close to him who raised him. So I know that's been super difficult for him. And I, I wonder, you know, who reached out to him, who really cared, who, who put that foot forward after he experienced a loss. And personally, I feel like it's great to not be, you know, super invested in that and having to lean on other people. You need to be able to stand on your own two feet, regardless of the situation. Um, but that's just something that I wanted to mention is to, you know, the first thing you should look at is, is, is try to gather the friends and family and people that you can lean on to be around you and care about you and make you feel good. And then other, other, other ways, what do you think is a good way to deal with loss when it comes to like family members? Like, have you ever lost anybody, Amanda, super close to you? And how'd you deal with it? I did. So I tragically lost my grandfather when I was 14 years old. I had just started high school and, you know, it's a really exciting time in your life. A lot of new things in Hispanic culture. When a girl turns 15 and you have the big party, it's the equivalent to a sweet 16. And I was getting ready for mine in April, only granddaughter. Um, so it was, a, it was a pretty big deal for me. And I lost him in December of that year. And I was turning 15 just four months after that. So having to deal with loss, and that was a really big loss for me at such a young age, was hard. But I think the most valuable lesson I learned from this loss, and it's definitely something I'll carry with me for the rest of my life, is when you experience a loss at that magnitude, is you can't hide yourself from your feelings. Whatever you're feeling, you have to let yourself feel it entirely in that moment. And you have to really go through the motions. So if you just want to cry your eyes out, you have to cry your eyes out. If you want to, you know, just stay up all night, then you stay up all night. Like there's just certain emotions that you have to go through to properly grieve that loss so that you're able to understand. And while it's a hard thing to do, it makes it easier to move on because moving on is definitely the hardest part. My grandfather lived three houses down. I saw him each and every single day. I grew up with him for 14 years. Pretty much not a day went by that I didn't see him. So it went from being accustomed to that to now suddenly not having him a part of my life. And then, you know, having such a big milestone coming up on, in my life at that point where a big part as to why I was having that party was for him he wasn't around for that either. So there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration at that point. But I think the best way and the best advice that I could give in that situation and to you, I know you're dealing with a tragic loss of your own right now, is you just have to allow yourself to fully feel these, those emotions and grieve properly. Because if not, you'll find yourself in a constant loop. And even though not a day goes by today where, you know, I don't think of him right now, I'm speaking and I'm looking at a picture of him not a day goes by that I don't think of him, but 
being able to grieve properly in those early stages allowed me to be able to move on and become a stronger person because of it. Right. Great that you share that, Amanda. I think a lot of people can really benefit from you talking about how you experienced loss and how you bounced back from it. But now we're going to go into just like questions that people have for us at the very end. Um, kind of lighten the mood a little bit after that serious topic. But the first is, let me see, Ari from Texas asked three questions, but I think we're going to only ask or answer two from him. And then one, um, somebody said, what is your favorite pastime besides basketball? Well, besides work and school, what, is your, what are your favorite pastimes, Amanda? Um, I really like going to the beach. The past few weeks, we've been doing spontaneous trips to the beach and just watching sunsets, enjoying that. I also really like painting. I'm a really creative person. So painting and... Yeah, I love to paint, actually. I started my own little business, creating accessories and bracelets and stuff. So being able to let my my frustrations out with my creativity is definitely one of my favorite (laughs) pastimes. Right. I love to paint. I love painting, even though I'm not good at it at all. Like I, you know those, like wine and paints. Yes, I do. Obviously, I've never really been to one, but I, I know those. Yeah, I definitely love going to like the wine and paints and just enjoying my time because basically they're showing you exactly how to do it. You're just like watching, and they give you the material, everything, and you're just watching. So at the end, I swear I feel like Picasso because you know I feel like I accomplished something, but. I'm not good at it. So my other favorite pastime, I would say, I like to play pool. I like to play dominoes. Okay, dominoes is probably my, I love playing dominoes in my pastime. Okay, so we can go to the next question. Okay, somebody said, can you tell us what healthy foods people should be eating during quarantine and what bad foods to stay away from? So I would say I've been really, you know, I work out a lot. And so sometimes I have cravings and I eat what I, what I want for the most part, but I can give suggestions. Um, like when I'm in season and we have games, they feed us a certain type of thing. So healthy foods that people should be eating, I would try to add in a salad. Like when I feel like I've been eating out too much or eating too, too many fast food meals, I will add in a salad or just some greens in some way. Greens are one of my favorite um, sides, so for sure. <laughs> and then what bad foods should you stay away from? Fried chicken, you should stay away from. Super hard for me to not eat. But what about you, Amanda? What foods do you think they should stay away from? Um, honestly, anything fast food. I feel like it's so convenient to just pick up some McDonald's or Burger King. I just had McDonald's for lunch, and I've been telling myself I need to get back to eating healthy because you just feel so much better when you do. And during the quarantine, I actually started working out because I had time to do so. And I, I've always had a knack for eating good. I get made fun of amongst my friends and family that, I love to eat vegetables. I'll literally eat anything. I don't know what's in it, but I'll try it anyways, just because I enjoy food like that. But eating healthy, even though it's kind of hard, especially nowadays where it's so much easier to just buy junk food and it's a lot harder to buy healthier food. I love eating healthy food so much, but I think when you're trying to stay away from bad food, definitely stay away from from fast food. And if you're looking for like junk food alternatives those definitely exist because I'm a chocolate lover and I love dark chocolate and that's actually a pretty good substitution for that chocolate shake or even just a regular chocolate Hershey's bar that I might be wanting dark chocolate is so good I don't know if you agree with me Lauren but dark chocolate is amazing sorry kind of lost you there but yeah I love chocolate dark chocolate not so much I feel like it's too rich um and I want all the sugar if I'm going to be eating something sweet 
and you know the calories and all that um i'm not going to gain too much weight right now my metabolism is still fast thank the lord but i do feel a way when i'm working out if i've, if I've been eating pretty bad so if i'm going to eat something sweet it'll be like hershey's milk chocolate reese's things like that they asked us what to stay away from we're like mm, i like reese's i like hershey's <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that once you actually train yourself to not eat sweet foods i'm i used to be like a really big dessert fiend and mm -hmm. after i started dieting and try not so much dieting but just trying to eat better overall i feel like it's much better when you make it a lifestyle and not something you do for a brief amount of time but once i started eating better i find my like i find myself not liking sweets that much anymore yeah, when you get so used to eating like healthy, then it's like switching over is super hard. But we're coming up on time. So we're going to go ahead and close this. But thank you so much, for Amanda, for your input. And thanks, guys, for listening. It's been really exciting talking about everything. I hope we could help you today um, on your journey during quarantine. And hopefully we will all be able to go outside without masks pretty soon if everybody just does it now. So everybody have a great day. Thank you for joining the Lauren Goodwin Show. The views and opinions expressed on The Lauren Goodwin Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.